Um, hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry What. I'm Ashley Sleek, and today I have one of my favorite human beings on with me, Miss Vanessa Vanny Fresh, if you would, <laughs> with her champagne. So yes. <laughs> she said it was for the occasion, like, so, I mean, obviously, that's how it's done. <laughs> if it's not a work call, then it, it's an alcohol call. <laughs> that's so true. It's like so crazy how many virtual happy hours have been going on. And like, I'm ashamed at how like drunk I've been getting, you know, on a zoom call. Like there are some calls I don't remember the end of them. Have you had any zoom calls like with your closest people? For instance, you know, I've been doing zoom calls with two of my good friends um, on a multitude of different occasions, but sometimes they last for three hours because we, yes. and, and like, next thing I know, I've, I've, I've on my own drank an entire bottle. I mean, they're, they're with me in spirit, but not with me. So like the entire bottle went straight to me and I hadn't started <laughs> making dinner yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm at that point, I have like the drunchies, like I'm really hungry and I've had too much to drink. And I, I've gotten to this point where being in your early 30s, it's like you can't drink like that. And I've been <laughs> researching hangover pills and things because it's, it's become a lifestyle. I realized the dinner calls were the worst. Like I've been trying to schedule my Zoom calls for like after dinner because too many times they were just like right after work. And then literally I'm just like, missing dinner and then I'm just like too drunk and then you know nothing sounds better than DoorDash McDonald's after you know <laughs> a long day of Zoom drinking. It's so true <laughs> and the but then there's the other like it's it's such a catch-22 because my friends are like well the latest I want to start it is set as at seven maybe I'll try to plan dinner before then because we're all old ladies and it's like, well, we can't stay up past 10 oh, yeah. and we know the Zoom is going to go on for five hours. It's so true. Like there are time does not exist in Zoom because it's also like, I don't know about you, but for me, I take a lot of my calls on the phone, on my like cell phone, my Zoom calls. So then like, I can't see the time. That's where I check the time is my phone. So then I'm like, oh shit. And I get off the call and it's like 1130. Usually, honest to God, the only way I know I have to get off the phone is because I've gotten a passive aggressive, like, keep your voice down text because I live at home. <laughs> <laughs> and they come a lot. <laughs> Brian is just too respectful. Brian is like, she's just doing her thing and it'll be 930. And I'm like, aren't you hungry? And he's like, well, I had some cereal, but what are we going to do for dinner? Because that's always up to me because he's helpless. And I'm just like, well, at this point, I don't know. Do we have any more frozen pizzas yet? And by the way, if anyone goes to the grocery store these days, I'm our main shopper. Like I buy 10 frozen pizzas at a time and people stare at me and I don't care because I, I, there've been too many nights where it's like, it's yes, it's another frozen pizza night. We've drank too much or we're too <laughs> tired or we're too lazy, whatever. Oh my gosh. I love it. Honestly, some of my favorite memories are us drinking wine on the couch and then like just ordering pizza. I mean, that happened 
very often. I think almost every time I at least came to visit you, but then definitely when I lived with you, wine and pizza nights were the best nights. <laughs> it's definitely a lifestyle that I'm continuing to perfect. <laughs> and I think at some point in my life, my calling may be to open a pizza and wine joint. Oh because think of it this way. I feel like pizza places and alcohol-related places are economy-proof. Because when people are poor, what do they do? They just order a pizza. When people are happy and celebrating, what do they do? They order a pizza. When people are down on their luck, what do they do? They drink. <laughs> when people are celebrating fancy achievements, what do they do? They drink. So I, I think it's totally economy proof. Just a pizza and, and booze shop all in one. And nothing like, no extravagant menu. It's like literally we make five types of pizza and that's it. Nope, you're uh, not gonna get a special salad here. Nope, sorry. No sides, it's just pizza and booze. I am obsessed with this idea. I would like to <laughs> jump on board in whatever capacity you would like me in. Um, you know, now I've magically found myself in marketing. So I, restaurant marketing specifically. So um, I'm ready to sign on board. <laughs> Perfect, you, you can be my chief marketing officer. Yes. They're like, how'd, the, how'd this girl do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is like, I know this wasn't on our like agenda to talk about, but I feel like in the world of changing jobs, you are like the queen of like switching around and trying new jobs. I feel like you always have something new like going on or like position wise or like company wise. So how does that work for you? Well, I'll say this. I'm, I'm going to get a little woo-woo on, on you and say that I blame it on being an Aquarius. I, <laughs> like, I don't, I, 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 I don't know. I, maybe I'm just using my sign as a scapegoat, but I will say that I, I think that all of these different uh, career paths or, and, and jobs that I, I've taken since graduating from SSU, they are somewhat related. Like you can yeah. definitely, uh, you know, follow the, the spider web and it's all connected. But um, I, I, I'm one of these people who I can get bored relatively easy. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not feeling challenged, I, I, I'll, my wheels will start turning and thinking, okay, well, I can't do this forever. Like I'm already <laughs> bored and I'm six months in and, and it sounds so stereotypical millennial, but it's, it's not like, it's not like that. Um, it, yeah. It's so much deeper than that. It's also, I have, um, not to toot my own horn, but I have such a strong work ethic Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been, I've actually had meetings with supervisors where they've, they've told me, you know, your standards are so high and not ev like, not everyone on our team can meet those standards. And as a result, you then brush them off and think that, you know, they're <laughs> lazy or whatever. And so, yeah, sometimes I get resentment around my other colleagues because mm -hmm. I'm just like, I've done four times the amount of work that you have, but, yeah. but sometimes it's an equity thing. Sometimes I'm doing four times the work that someone else has and they get paid 30 grand more than me. Yeah. Right. I've, I've had that experience. I won't name names in the company, but I, I had those kinds of experiences where 
there was equity issues where um, there were sexism issues, there were uh, lack of growth. And I'm kind of like, look, I am on this trajectory. And when I sign on to a, a position at a company, I am all in and I will give mm -hmm. you every part of me, but it needs to be reciprocated. It's a two way street. And being here in Sonoma County, it's a little more stunted than I would say, you know, Oakland or San Francisco or a more metropolitan area mm -hmm. um, where there's more jobs and more opportunity. Here, there, there's kind of this attitude that I've experienced of, okay, well, you're lucky to have a job because there's not a lot out here. Yeah. And so kind of shut up and be quiet and just do your work. Um, I, I mean, my very first big job working for the wine company, which we won't mention because I like to be PC, but <laughs> I worked there for almost four years and multiple times expressed desire to growth, did tons of different types of trainings and educations. They, they provided great resources for employees to, to grow their skill sets. I did a mentorship program through them. I looked in different avenues within the company because I liked the company so much. Okay, maybe there's no room to grow in my department. Is there another department? And time and time again, it just, there was nowhere for me to go. Uh, my manager at the time, he, he didn't want to lose me in my role on his team because I did such a good job, but that's not fair. That you, you, that's, yeah. that's a sign of a bad manager, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I had to leave and I bounced off to two other positions um, in a kind of a relatively short period of time, both of them not working out for, for different reasons. And now, uh, you know, now I work for the government doing communications and public relations, which a lot of my other jobs, you know, I did digital communications, mm -hmm. then I did human resources, but specifically kind of recruiting and em employer branding, which is like marketing the company mm -hmm. to, for people to work at versus marketing the product. So it, it's still kind of within those realms. And it was also an HR role. So I got a, I got a certificate from SSU. I went through a whole course there. Um, and that kind of lended itself to this job that I'm in now because I work for a, I, I work in a confidential position mm -hmm. and I deal with a lot of classified information. And I think having that background in human resources and, and being around sensitive subjects and materials um, lended itself to being the right fit for this position. I love that. It's so funny because the other day I was thinking about you because I wrote this, this email, I was kind of in like a work tiff and I was like, mm -hmm. look, this is what I'm looking for in my job. And I like resisted sending it, but literally you came in my mind. Cause I was like, Vanessa would send this email. I was <laughs> like, I'm going to send it. And I felt like such like you were talking about like a stereotype millennial but I was like look I at this point in my life look for a job where I feel like I'm going to be equally valued and respected and it was just me being like look I'm laying this on the table I think I'm a good employee I think I do this and you know these things well but I'm not feeling a mutual respect and that's what I'm looking for in this company and I was like you know what as I was literally sitting there I was thinking about you and I was so excited to do this podcast because I I, I forgot to write it down but I wanted to bring it up because I was like it's so funny because I think especially as women, 
we hold back on, you know, saying what we want and what we feel in a workplace and, and being in like younger, you know, we're like so worried. And that idea, like you're saying, you know, in Sonoma County, like shut up and just be happy to have a job. Like that's so, that's so relevant because everyone was, especially in the years that you and I graduated college, it was so much like the job market was so shitty and I'm pretty sure it's the same right now, but like there was this fear that you weren't going to get a job. So you just took anything. So I would love to hear, you know, like, what is your advice to someone that's maybe in a situation where they don't feel respected at work, they've spoken up, you know, like, what, what would you tell that person as far as like, what they should do with their next steps? Well, my, my piece of advice to anyone who is finding themselves unhappy at work, and is feeling like they're, they're hitting nothing but walls when it comes to, um, you know, getting a response from whether it's it's management, human resources, whatever it is, leadership, mm-hmm. um, and and they feel like it's just not going to happen, right? So if there there's there's points where you can be unhappy in in your workplace, and you're still navigating though how to figure out what the next moves are, and there's still work to be done, and between you and your employer, where you feel like okay, I can still stick around. This isn't a dead end for me. And I don't mean it in the sense of a dead end job. I just mean like you haven't hit the the total red light and there's no moving forward. And then there's the other part of like, all right, I'm like literally on the train tracks and there's no train showing up to move me forward. Like, so if you're in that position, um, my, I would suggest just kind of keeping a low profile at work get, get through your day and, and try to, you know, try to be as positive as possible and, and practice gratitude so that you can stay sane while you are looking for the next best fit. And that can, that can be such a draining, um, and anxious and depressing process, but I have been guilty of, I'm not happy here. Anything but this will be better. Mm -hmm. And then you get sold on a package of goods and you show up and literally within like the first two or three months, you're like, crap. The other place (laughs) wasn't great, but it was, they had way more stuff together than this place. Like this is actually, I don't know how it happened, but this is worse, you know? Um, so I, you know, I did a stint where I was briefly unemployed and I remember feeling the pressures because, you know, I don't, I don't have a safety net. I don't have family to, to borrow money from or to take me in. And so fortunately at that point in time, it was just Brian and I cut back on our expenses Mm -hmm. and, Uh, you know, he's not made of money. He's a social worker, but he, we were able to pay our bills, right? We were okay. And so I asked him, there were so many different opportunities that popped up. I actually was interviewing like crazy and got uh, a a handful of job offers, but none of them were exactly what I wanted. It was things such as, well, I don't like, I looked at the entire package, right? Especially be like being in, in your early thirties, it's so important to look at things like, um, sick pay and holiday time. Like how many holidays paid off do I get? Like vacation time, like you really should assess what's important to you in health insurance, 
Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I was offered a job where it was like, you're going to have to probably work some Saturdays and your first year employed, you only get five days of paid vacation and three days, three paid sick days. And to me, and the pay wasn't, uh, we were going way back and forth on negotiating, which is something women need to do. Women do not, women see like, oh, they're offering me this amount of dollars and maybe it's more than you were getting paid. But if they're offering you it, they'll probably bring you in at more. The only yeah. time that's not that way is if it's government because they have set salaries, it's yeah. negotiated, it's a whole thing. But man, if you're offered a job, do not take it right away. You should always try to ask for more. And if, if, if they say no, then, and you still want the job, cool. You still have the job. You're still getting yeah. paid. It doesn't, they, recruiters and HR personnel actually expect you to not take the offer. And I feel like women are terrible. We are so terrible. And I had to have a former colleague of mine who is a male. He coached me through it. I'm like, at Connor, I don't know. Like, I'm so nervous about responding back because I'm not satisfied with these terms. Yeah. And, and so it, it actually was awesome because as I was negotiating with this place, I was still interviewing because I didn't just stop interviewing. I didn't know if, I, if it was going to work out. And I ended up, it ended up by doing all of this back and forth with them for like almost two weeks, bought me the time to interview, get offered and sign on for my current job, which paid a lot more than the job I was considering. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. So and I would like my, my main piece of advice is really read through the job descriptions. Um, like as, unless you're on such, like I can totally relate. I know what, I know what it's like. Cause I grew up poor. Like if, if you are so hurting for money, maybe do a side hustle if you can mm -hmm. while you, while to buy, because once you, you take a, a full-time job, it is, you cannot put the same amount of energy into crafting and developing all those cover letters because they each need to be personalized. Your resume should even be as personalized as possible for the job you're applying to. And so that in itself is almost a full-time job. You can't do that and work full-time and a job that you only took because, well, I kind of need money. As someone who has been a DoorDash driver and probably still would if we weren't in the middle of COVID and I'm afraid, um, it's a great side hustle. <laughs> I also did Lyft. I don't know if I would, uh, if I would necessarily recommend that as much. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah, no. It was a scary time. I did not love it. I mean, some people do, but like, just the idea that like someone's in my car and like, I can't kick them out if I wanted to, you know, it just, that freaks me out. But if you don't have those kinds of fears, then it's also a good side hustle. Basically, if you're a white man, go for it. A hundred percent. You're safe. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> so true. It's so funny because I completely skipped over like introducing us and how we know each other. So I feel like I need to get into that real quick because it's great. Sure. Um, so Vanessa and I both did college radio, which is why she has such an amazing voice for the podcast. It's perfect. Um, we met in Kaysen and I remember that I had started and in my, I think second semester, I wanted to be a part of the department heads, which you were at the time, the news, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
So, you know, I had talked to our professor, Nate, and I ended up taking over for Travis Sirocco being business and sales, which is hilarious because I actually paid for my own sponsorship my first year of K-Sun because Eloy and I were too lazy to go find one. And I think it was like a minimum of 40 and we're like, whatever, we'll pay it. I um, think that's hilarious because <laughs> I was the first person to turn in a sponsorship every year. <laughs> oh my Wait, God. Sushi. Literally like bullying people about something that like I didn't even do myself. You know how they're like, good managers don't do any, you know, but I was like sitting up there yelling at everyone for not getting a sponsorship when I for sure threw down 40 of my own dollars um, <laughs> and sponsored my own show. But I have to say my favorite part was like, so I'm meeting the, the, the gang and which was mostly male at the time. And Vanessa walks up to me and she's just like, thank God we have another woman on the staff, which by the way, there was another woman on the staff. We don't name her name, but you didn't like her, I think. So that's probably why she was irrelevant. Um, but, (laughs) and then it was so instant. It was like, you took me under your wing and I got to like fly with the K-Sun group and it was such a good time and I knew like right then I was like this is a bad bitch who is not to be messed with and like I'm gonna learn everything I can from her which oh, that's too to. nice that's and then too nice the couch, and that shit was the best <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting on that couch right now because I'm in my office and that's because I didn't ruin it like I thought I did you guys okay so I have to tell the story really quick about like probably the most terrified I've ever been in my life was this night I was staying at Vanessa and Brian's because they so lovingly let me live with them um, in between homes when I was like, shit, I'm graduated from college and now I have this job in radio and I'm working at Chipotle and I don't know what to do. And one night I accidentally (laughs) spilled red wine on Vanessa's couch. And I should have known then, like, of course you had something to clean it with. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I wasn't playing games with like a non-drinker, like a non-wine expert. But I like tried to throw salt on it and like I totally like almost messed up the couch and I just remember texting Brian. Because <laughs> you like, were too afraid to text me. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I'm gonna go to Brian first, so maybe he can tell Vanessa and like ease me into it. <laughs> and I'm like, I spilled red wine on the couch and like you literally came out and like sprayed it and it was like it was totally fine, but it was so funny that I'm like, hey Brian. <laughs> no this is like an insight into when we have children what's gonna happen and the kids are gonna go anytime they screw up they're gonna go to Brian (laughs) that's so true as someone who's was basically like your your other child you know um, just one who can wine drink and like hang and like eat pizza with you which was the best (laughs) oh my gosh and I okay so I have to know so you and Brian are now, are you, is he working from home too? And are you working from home? So Brian during this entire thing, because he's a therapist and works, he works in a um, addiction like facility. So it's essentially a, a rehab facility for teen boys. Mm-hmm. And most of them, shockingly, most of them are just addicted to pot. No, oh, okay. But, but their parents are like, <laughs> no. that's why they're there but so he so because it's a medical facility essentially um they they never shut down it's a residential treatment center so the boys are like living there so they don't leave so and when they if 
if and when they do get a new boy, they they have to be quarantined for 14 days before they're allowed onto the main site. So he's been at work this entire time. I just started returning to work on Monday, but it, it, it's definitely been interesting in the fact that here's the dynamic, right? And I'm sure you can relate to some parts being being an ultra extrovert. I kind of lost my mind. Like mm-hmm. during all of this, I just, especially working in education, we are slammed because these schools have had to adapt and working for the county office and and the county superintendent it's we're providing all the guidance and we're you know providing information to parents and it's just been a non-stop flood of work since before it we even got shut down because we were having to prepare for it knowing that it was a high possibility mm-hmm. and so then it's like I, I i need to work from home and I'm an extrovert, and I'm an extremely social person, and my colleagues in my very small office, there's, we're a small team that reports directly to the superintendent, they are more introverted than I am. Lovely, lovely, love my coworkers, but they're Mm -hmm. a little more introverted than I am, so when, when work was normal, many times I would get my fill by conversating with people in the hallway from other departments or visiting people in other departments and the second all of this happened any of my connections with with people outside of my team went away and it was just me and my team and we're so busy and they're more introverted so they didn't they didn't have the same like social emotional impact that I did yeah Yes. And so there there was part of that where it was like we would have quick check-ins or whatever and they would ask me how I'm doing and I hate being fake and I I'm getting better at it but I hate <laughs> doing that. I'm I'm great. I feel like it like my work also has a duty to my mental health just as much as I need to take care of it myself. Yeah. And so I would say like nah, I'm all right oh, you look tired. Yeah. I'm not sleeping very well. I've got like, my brain is running a mile a minute. Like it was just, I, it definitely made me feel even more isolated. I'm isolated because I'm working from home by myself, Yeah. but also I'm isolated from everyone else at, that works at where I work, except for these people that seem to be just totally okie dokie with everything. The worst. I mean, I honestly, I need to also myself learn to be a little bit more fake. I'm fake in other situations. I think I'm the fakest bitch when it comes to me not necessarily liking someone. I can turn that on pretty quick because college. And, um, but as far as work, literally meeting one or like, I don't know, we were like maybe two or three weeks in. And of course, at this point, I can't see Jimmy because, you know, we don't know. And they're like, how are you? And I'm like, my life sucks. I miss my boyfriend. I am extremely social. And then I start crying. Like, I have no chill. When it comes to, like, if someone asks me how I'm doing, I have absolutely no chill. Like, my VP literally brought it up one time where he was like, him and I had, our like, a conversation on our own after a meeting. And he's like, how are you doing? And he's like, I hope you feel comfortable, like, sharing your thoughts. And then I just stopped. I'm like, 
are you really, are you actually concerned about that? And he's like, no, not really with you. And I'm like, I literally can't keep it in. I've been in trouble for my eye rolling in meetings. I can't get my shit together. (laughs) It's definitely one of those, those fine tight ropes to walk where it's like, you need to be professional. So I do understand, like you, you can't just lose it. But with that said, we are all going through something traumatic right now. Right. And for, for, for a lot of people who have already suffered different traumas in their lives, mm-hmm. it's, it's bringing up other feelings and, yeah. and emotions that, that some other people may not identify with. And so it's one of those things where businesses need to adapt. And when they're checking in with their employees, choose their words wisely. And if you are going to ask someone how they're doing, be prepared <laughs> for, you know what? Not that great. Yeah. And if you don't, if you want to keep it surface level, then don't ask that. Yeah. Like if you, if you're a business owner out there or a leader of a meeting, just expect that you could have an Ashley on your team. And if you ask me how I'm doing, I'm going to start crying. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I will say it, you know, i at first I, I couldn't stand it. And then I got into my groove of working at home. Yeah. And one of the things I did like about it is I'm, I'm extra sensitive right now as I think anyone who is in touch with their emotions is probably extra sensitive right now. And Amen. so one of the things I did enjoy about working from home is if I got a curt email from someone or I was being bombarded with tasks or just like any little thing that on a normal day wouldn't trigger me so much, but triggered me, no one's here. I could cry. I could scream. I could shout. I could say, you know what? I need to like literally remove myself and watch a 30 minute episode of the office and then come back and be sound of mind. But like I could react the way I naturally wanted to react Mm -hmm. without like compartmentalizing or shoving it down because I couldn't get in trouble. Yes. And because I wasn't, because the other part is I would never respond to those emails right away. Right. Yeah. Like let myself have my emotions and then get to them and the normal business. Thank you for responding, whatever it is. Right. But yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like companies need more safe spaces because when people do return back to work, you just don't know what, what's going on in someone's life. Yeah. They could be having some sort of personal issue. And I know it's a lot of times you're told don't bring your personal life to work, but it could be something significant. Yeah. And and they're they're trying to just, you know, grin and bear it and get through the day and something sets them off. And there should be safe spaces to be able to let it out. Have a crying corner. I'm I I think <laughs> I think that we're in this in this culture and and COVID has, has definitely highlighted it. And I've always felt this way. Our culture is just so much about profits and capitalism and good worker bees. And you work for your fort, you work your 40 hours and you don't complain. And it's, it's just such an old school and honestly unsustainable if it comes to the happiness and the health of, of, of your, your employees. It's, it's just so bad in other countries you know, they, they take more time off and they allow you more time to bury a loved one or like all of these yeah, things, right? Totally. Pregnancy and maternity leave and 
all of these things. There's because they're treated like human beings and we're treated in the United States like employees. Yeah. It's really interesting, actually. I will say that of all the companies that I worked for, I mean, I have a, such a strange backward background being from radio, but um, Ghirardelli is a very interesting company in that they seem to really invest in their people. And now that I've worked for a company like that, that like in the last, since we got our new VP, we've been working on like our personal purposes, our team purposes. And like, since I started working for this company, like, I just don't know, like, I, my expectations are going to be so high <laughs> moving to the next one. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, these people like care about people. That's so rare. I think that it kind of goes back to if you're looking for a job uh, or a career, also look in and, and look into the company's mission statement yeah. and what their, their company values are. It'll tell you a lot about the company. And I think that you in particular are in a good position because you are in more of a metropolitan area mm-hmm. that you'll, there are, there are younger companies or even companies that have been around for a long time, but are stepping up and realizing that uh, work culture is shifting and they, they don't want to be on the wrong side of, of that. Yeah. They want to be on the right side of that. Absolutely. This is giving me the two minute countdown, but I, oh my God, do you hear her sneezing? My sister sneezing. Yeah. Because we're not recording. I thought um, it was a dog. <laughs> no, there's no dogs here. You know, I that. know that. I know. Okay. Let me send over a second Zoom link because I'm not letting you leave before we have to talk about it's, I'm sorry, what? So we got a bitch about something good. So let okay. me send you a second Zoom link and then we'll continue this combo. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Good thing for editing. Yay. Okay, friends. Obviously, Vanessa and I had the best time doing girl chat. That, of course, it is going to be a two-parter now. I know. I'm back with the podcasting and having a guest and doing a two-parter. Like, who is she? So make sure you tune in next week. Of course, we're going to talk about what Vanessa wants to bitch about. And don't worry, she doesn't disappoint. And we go into the Black Lives Matter movement and talking about things that we learned and white privilege. It is super interesting. So make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. I am so happy to be back with y'all and I will see you next week. Okay, bye!